CFP rankings are out. They're hot off the presses. We'll get into that. Guys, I have two questions for you. Is anybody going to beat the Rams? And who the hell is going to coach the Browns? This is Between the Hashes. Let's fire it up. Let's go. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. Welcome back to Between the Hashes. I'm your host, John. Uh, joined, as always, by James, by CJ. Fellas, Hello. how was the week? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I will quote myself again. I am feeling fantastic. Fantastic. CJ, how about you, my man? I'm doing better than fine this week, I. I'm also feeling <laughs> We got improvement for CJ this week. Um, awesome. A lot of football again this week. Some great stuff. Uh, great stuff in the NFL, great stuff in college. Wanted to kick this off. The uh, the college football playoff rankings are out for the first time. We're really starting to wind down on the season, kind of heading towards that back nine. Things are starting to take shape. Conference championships are going to be on us before we know it. Um, that playoff push is starting for a select few teams, two of which have rooting interest in this room right now. That's I want to get you guys' thoughts on the initial uh, college rankings that came out today. What do you guys think? I, um, I'm not entirely surprised by it all. I mean, the only part of it is LSU being ranked ahead of Notre Dame, but I'm not. Like, I can see that. They've had a harder schedule, and they've played in bigger games, so I'm not really upset about that. Notre Dame's still in it, and it's still their destiny to not be in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, in Washington State being up at number eight, is probably my biggest thing that I'm surprised at. Pac-12, sneaking in. Still not going to make it. I still have zero faith in the Pac-12 making the playoffs, but I actually got to give the edge to LSU. I feel like they have the, the, they have a better win with their, their victory over Georgia. Yeah. You know, Michigan was, was ranked higher than Notre Dame at the – right? Michigan was 14, Notre Dame was 21 when they played? No, Notre Dame was 12, Michigan was 14. Okay. Either way. Um – uh, yeah, the, I feel like the Georgia win is just a is higher in quality. Right. So not 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 too concerning, especially after Georgia's win last <laughs> week. Not to kind of skip around, but beat the bag out of Florida, so that strengthens that up a little bit. Exactly. Um, Alabama, Clemson, no surprise. One and two. Uh, Michigan and Georgia are kind of right on on uh, the outside looking in that window. Clemson, I think Clemson might be due for a slip up coming up soon. I agree. Siege, we were talking about this a little bit before, and you got your eye on one matchup that uh, that could be dicey for those Tigers. November tenth, to be determined for the for the time. But Clemson's coming into BC. BC's looking pretty hot. If Dylan plays in this game, Clemson is due for a loss. I I do not see them running house. I, I mean, I think they run away with the ACC, but I, I think BC's going to come in, be feisty, and it's going to make it a hell of a game. I love it. I love it. We should definitely go to that game and do like a, a <laughs> podcast on scene to do like live yeah. recording. <laughs> uh, on assignment. At, yeah. at BC. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so we had a big week that set up uh, this ranking. We had a ton of top 25 teams going down to unranked Insane. opponents. What uh, Got it right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight ranked opponents all going down to unranked. Our darlings, Texas, they went into Oklahoma State and they took it on the chin. I thought that uh, I thought I kind of thought Texas was going to run it right to the Big 12 championship and then maybe be um, in that conversation and be in that top four. But OK State, man, 
the I think the over was 62 in that game. I took it and they nailed it. It was uh that was a fire fest in that game. Gundy was ready to play. Yeah, he, he had those boys ready to play. And you know, I'm I'm gonna go back and forth because originally I was F Texas. I don't believe in them. And then last week, of course, I took the bait. I was like, Texas is legit. <laughs> They're real. They're going for a ride. And that's just a it's, a, it's a good, the Big 12 isn't what it used to be, but it's a tough year in the Big 12. There's no clear-cut favorite, in my opinion. And I think Texas just proved that. Texas was, was a, is a flawed team. They showed that in their loss against Maryland. Yep. And it was about it was about time. You knew that a loss was coming. I I, I thought it was going to be this week against West Virginia, but yeah, I'm not too surprised. Yeah, I mean, no way they're making anywhere near the playoff now with two losses. No. And I always this was such a fun game to watch because no matter who scored, I was rooting for it. I <laughs> wanted Texas to win because I want Texas to be back. But I love upsets. Give me OK State. Yeah. This is so fun. They walked into a buzzsaw, man. Like you said, Oklahoma State was firing on all cylinders. The night game yeah. in Oklahoma State. Barry Sanders throwback. Barry so Sanders, they yeah. Loved They're it. ready to Loved play. It. They're ready to play. If Barry Sanders is in the house, you are not winning that game. I don't care who you are. Ooh. Oklahoma State would have taken down Alabama if Barry Sanders was in the house. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin lost again, Northwestern. Uh, I, I think it's just one of those years for Bucky. Came in ranked yeah. number four, uh, really high expectations after making it to the Big Ten Championship game last year. Northwestern's played some feisty games. They played Michigan tight. Very tough team. Just beat uh, beat Wisconsin. Not a good year for Bucky. Um, any other game that jumped out to you guys, whether it be one of these upsets or uh, or any of the uh, others? Yeah. Um, Arizona kicking the teeth into Oregon. Oregon got Where pumped. did that come from? That was just awful. That loss took a lot out of him, man. It's just, oh, my God. You got to bounce back, though. That was awful. I mean, um, uh, what's a Oregon's quarterback name? You Herbert, like Herbert. Herbert. Yeah, he threw awful passes left and right. He threw one out of the end zone that got picked off at the 50-yard line. Grant, that's a great arm strength, but that thing's <laughs> It's a punt. It, yeah, that <laughs> thing floated forever, and it allowed the safety to get right in there and pick that off. And then Arizona's running back ran for – 212 yards all over them. They just could not stop them. Well, if you go back to the first episode of our preview <laughs> preview uh, into the season, I said Arizona was my surprise team in the Pac-12. Obviously, that didn't happen. But ton of talent. Khalil Tate, he, he was he was hyped coming in. Uh, very athletic guy. I, I know um, Kevin Sumlin came in from Texas a and and he's not really clicking very well. Him and Tate, but there was a lot of firepower to begin with. It's just a matter of time of them clicking. And Oregon came in weak off that tough loss at Wazoo. And I think the season was over. So they just sort of packed it in a little bit. It's The Pac-12 is opening up for Washington State. It, it's scary. Going, going into the season, we're thinking Stanford. We're thinking maybe yep. Washington. We're thinking mm-hmm. Oregon could sneak in there. And all of those teams have some bad losses on their record now. And Wazoo's jumping up into the top ten and taking advantage of that. But do you think Wazoo gets in? No, no, not a chance. Not even close. Right? I think they're going to be in the rearview mirror, kind of checking out all the teams that are ahead of them. But I, I don't think they have six. They'll be the team that just sits right at the brink just to give everybody headlines and something to talk about. I'd be surprised if they made it higher than eight. I, I, I think they might have. Well, if they went out and won the Pac-12, I mean, yeah, um, could be. I, 
I don't know. I don't see him leapfrogging a team like UCF or even Ohio yeah. State with that loss. Well, they're ahead of UCF. UCF's 12th. Undefeated national, defending national champ. <laughs> the UCF. national champs, UCF. 12th. I wish they would get a chance, man. Maybe we could talk about this on another episode, but that, just the structure of the playoff and how I think you need to add more teams. We touched on it before. Yeah, but you need to add more teams. That's, that's, they're the Boise State of years past. Yeah. It's just, it's a matter of time. Their time will come. And it, it I just think you need to give a team like that an opportunity to get in and make noise. You know what I mean? It's it's some of the best stories in sports are when the low seed gets in there and makes a run through the playoffs and knocks the top dog off. Uh, don't want to bring up painful scars for Pats fans with 2007. Um, but my my example close to home with the Packers when they won the Super Bowl in 2010, they were the sixth seed in the NFC. They were the first team who was a sixth seed to win the Super Bowl in I don't know how many years. But that was, you know, they make the playoffs on the oh, last. Oh, seven. That's when the Giants, yep. So they um, make the playoffs on the last week of the year and then run the table through, you know, the first seed, the third seed, and the second seed to get to the Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. an awesome story. And it's you can't have that in college because they don't give those teams a shot. Well, so the, the uh, well, we can all agree on this. The playoff system is definitely a lot better than the old BCS. One million yeah, percent. Right. Computer yes, numbers. Right. Now, the, the problem is – you need to have more than four teams. I, I feel like that still does that that show that, that that does enough to showcase like the top talent in college football. But look at the NCAA basketball tournament. I yep, mean, yeah. with your Cinderella stories, yeah. you see like your George Masons coming out of nowhere. Yep, a school like Butler making national championships two years in a row. Like awesome. Those storylines sell. Right. So if you bring in an eighteen playoff, a, a team like TCU can come in. And could play for an actual national title game and show their legitimacy. I think, yeah, they, I mean, I get them trying out the four teams, see how it works, but it has worked phenomenal. It's been incredible. And then if they just expanded it, it would work even better. They'd get so much more money. They have to. It's going to come on time. It will. You're right. It's because the money's there and they're going to see that. They've got this down, I think, and they're going to expand it to, to make more. Um. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. I, I've said this before. I think at minimum you go six and have the winners of the Power Five plus a wild card. I'd be okay going eight. I, I think yes. I think more than eight would be a little too much. That'd be Agreed. way too much. Six, um, if you do that, the Power Five plus the, the rest of five, the yep. champion, I would that, that's perfect. I think that's good because then, you know, that might open the door if sometime down the road a team in the Sun Belt makes a run and goes crazy, right? Yes. They could have a chance to sneak in as an eight seed. And what if they play Alabama and they beat them, you know, one out of the 1,000 times? That's a story we're talking about literally until we die. Yeah. yeah. How cool would that be? You're never going to have those butlers, the Florida Gulf Coast a couple years ago. It wasn't this year. Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia. First 16 team. Yeah. You're right. I I mean, something to talk about. I'm sure there are a lot of people who feel like we do. Um, But I I think it's definitely something to look forward to and, 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 watch moving forward um last kind of big game on the slate last week was georgia florida we talked a little bit about um big win for georgia in the sec uh i think we were kind of on florida a little bit we thought florida was gonna yeah, take them out i'll own up to that good win for georgia uh they're still right there in the playoff race too what what uh are they six six five yeah, or six. six six so they're right there looking uh looking in as well so Georgia's best bet to get in is LSU losing to Bama. 
If Bama, if Bama loses this week to LSU, you're going to see a huge monkey wrench in the entire playoff system because everyone is just under the assumption that Bama's going to run run house, go number one. They lose. It, this season has already been very interesting. It's about to get that much more interesting. I, oh, I'd love that. Can you imagine? I wouldn't. Screws me over. I, uh, when you don't have a dog in the race, man, <laughs> if the number one team goes down, it messes everything up. Because you, I mean, you look at this. If LSU wins, LSU's got a loss already, right? Yes. Yep. So that would be Alabama with a loss, LSU with a loss, Michigan with a loss, and then you've got Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Washington State, Kentucky, Florida. You see it? Oh, UCF's undefeated. Florida six and two. So your three undefeated teams in the top ten would be Notre Dame, UCF, and um, Clemson. Clemson. Tell me that wouldn't be a blast with how messy that would be. That's oh, sweet. I know. I want it. It's not going to happen, but I want it. Hey, never say never, man. One of four. Like, like the great Justin Bieber said, never say never. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I. <laughs> All right, man. A um, couple games we can look at next week. We got West Virginia, Texas in the Big uh, Big 12. Mm-hmm. We got Penn State, Michigan in the Big 10. And we've got Alabama, LSU, and the SEC. I'll toss that up to you guys. Any of those you want to start with, want to go over? It's – I've been so pumped about this game for two weeks now. Alabama at LSU. And what I thought was only Alabama getting a bye and then LSU not having as much enough time. But they it's both, a week for each. They both had a bye week. It's like having a first-round bye in the playoffs, and you know exactly who you're going to face. And it's it's going to be massive. It's going to be huge. And I would I want to see what Tua does when things finally don't go his way. So is this this is a true road game for Alabama, right? It's true not, road a, game. Yes. not a neutral side. Death Valley. Mm-hmm. We're in Death Valley, baby. All right. I like so that. We got Tua coming in from the championship game. And everything from that point on has gone his way. Hasn't played it down in the fourth quarter yet this year. Right. And, like, when you go in, all of a sudden, you make passes, you make drives, you keep going, you get rush yards, your running game's going. He hasn't faced any adversity up to this point. Now he's going to face an actual good defense, and I want to see him get hit. I want to see him react when, all of a sudden, he's gone three, three and outs in a row. And now he's getting right. And the crowd's roaring. And the crowd is in his ear. I, oh, I'm so excited. I it, can't wait for the true Alabama to come out and this be exposed and lose. Is uh, college game day at LSU? It has to be. I can't see yes. why it's not. Yes, it is. I was going to say that. Would there's, be no, yeah, there's no way it wouldn't. Um, Bama opened as 14-point favorites on the road. Yeah. I know. That, that, blows, that blows my Apparently mind. Apparently Vegas Surprised. doesn't think Alabama's overrated. Fools on them. They're about to lose so much money. Like, like one of the guys sitting in this room. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you just said that number two is a little bit overrated not too long ago as well. I said number two is overrated because they haven't looked good in like eight of their ten games so far. And you could argue that if if uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't get hurt against Syracuse, they would it not is. be undefeated. Yeah. Bingo so bongo. They are, they, are, they are the more overrated of the two. Um, so you're you're pulling for LSU, both you guys. LSU loses. That's I want good. LSU just for personal hatred. <sighs> that as a Michigan it fan, won't affect me whether lay it out for me. You're that, very conflicted. I'm very conflicted. I'm very conflicted because I'm just going to make this loud and clear. I might not 
do a rant like you, but I also hate Bama. You you hate excellence because because you don't have it. So ex- exactly. So I hate Bama. I despise everything about them. I think Saban is a pompous ass. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I thought you said a puppet's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. I, I just absolutely can't stand him. But Saban is a puppet's ass. If LSU lose, if LSU wins, like I just previously mentioned, I think a one-loss Bama gets in over a Big Ten champion, Michigan. I I tend to agree. So for my rooted interest, I am roll tide. But as a fan who's cringing on the inside, who's crying that he has to admit this. I, I, I want to uh, go Tigers. I want Death Valley will be rocking. So I, mm, I don't know. Even when Notre Dame's playing at the same time they are, I'm wearing this all purple and yellow. Man watching college. <laughs> this is a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put your phone on silent. What were you saying? Yeah, I, even though Notre Dame's playing at the same time, I'm dressing up in every single thing I have that's purple and yellow. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, and I'm I'm gonna have my laptop going with the Notre Dame game, but then that's gonna be on my TV. Is Alabama LSU? So we'll get into pro in a little bit, but we will all be on location in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium for Packers Patriots next yep. week. Yes, yep, we yep, will. Yep. I think we should get together Saturday night and watch Bama LSU together. I think that would be a ton of fun. Agreed. Agreed. Perfect. Agreed. Absolutely perfect. Speaking of excellence and how much you hate excellence when you don't have excellence, um, the cream of the crop in the NFL is really starting to separate itself from the rest of the league. We mentioned last week how there's kind of that log jam of three and three, four and three, three and four teams kicking the shit out of each other down in the middle of the barrel. Um there's really two teams who've separated each other or separated themselves rather in each conference. In the AFC, it's obviously the Chiefs and the Patriots. And the NFC, it's clearly the Rams and the Saints. As of right now, I don't see any other kind of team sneaking into that top tier. Those two are really on another level, I think. You get teams like um like the Chargers, who are right below, kind of looking up. They've played really well lately. Um, but that's pretty much it. I don't know. Uh, it looks like these four teams are going to have a stranglehold on the buys as we get to the playoffs. Um, didn't know if any one of those guys jumped out to you or uh, if there was anything about those teams you wanted to hit on. So I, I'm i a big fan of the Saints. Obviously, you know, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. I mean, Kamara, Thomas, that, that defense has been lights out. But did a little digging into the schedules. Uh, Carolina sitting right behind at five and two, and Carolina plays New Orleans in week fifteen and seventeen. Really? Yes. That's so, interesting. So I don't think New Orleans is as safe as they appear to be. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yes. T- tough game for the Saints coming up with the Rams too. Uh, they do have that game at home. They're actually favored over the Rams, which um, surprising. That's surprising. Very yeah. Surprising. Todd Gurley's the real deal, man. I saw firsthand last week with the Packers going toe to toe with them. It was the best game the Packers have played all year. Uh, Todd Gurley is a beast. 
they did such a good job containing him, and he still killed him for over 100 total yards and a couple touchdowns. Or maybe it was one touchdown. Um, but I, they got better at the trade deadline, too. I, I'm not sure how anybody's going to stop them. And then we've got the Chiefs in the AFC. Uh, I, I do think that they're the best team in the AFC. I know the Pats beat them. The Pats got them at home. Uh, they got the ball last. They drove down the field, and they won the game. Um, I think that's one of those things where if they play at Arrowhead, the Chiefs win that game by three points. Right. I, I think home field is going to sway yes. that. Uh, both struggling a little bit on defense. The Pats missing some guys. The Chiefs missing some guys. Um, Chiefs going into Cleveland this week, so probably another win for them. Uh, and the Pats have a tough game at, at Green Bay this week. Uh, but I, I'd love to see as we get towards Thanksgiving and the weather starts to turn, some of those teams – uh, start to take a step up towards those teams. Minnesota isn't quite as good as as we all thought they might look at the beginning of the year. Uh, Pittsburgh has struggled a little bit too from the start. Teams are going to start finding their way uh, and, and take a shot at those top teams and see if anybody can challenge for those buys once once Thanksgiving comes and goes and we get into December uh, and hopefully things get a little muddled there. But going from the top of the barrel to the bottom of the barrel. Your favorite, Cleveland Browns. Fire Hugh Jackson this week after yet another loss. Fire offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Franchise is a mess. Team's a mess. Baker Mayfield, what is this guy going to do? I'll give you the floor. Defend your Browns. How are the Browns going to make the playoffs? Uh, They're not. (laughs) Uh, This is me... Trying to defend the Browns right now is basically letting you guys retreat out of war and then me being the lone guy with the machine gun trying to hold everybody back. And it's I'm and you're out of bullets. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at this point I'm throwing shoes, helmets, whatever I can. It the Browns are just absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. They I was so high on them just because they on paper they look so good. They had Gordon, Landry, they had Taylor, who I'm a big fan of. And I mean, I don't, I, I just, I just don't know anymore. So now is that the power of hard knocks? Because I mean, obviously they have them, they have a microscope under them on the preseason. Everybody's like, like the Brown shiny new toys, you know, the, the Baker Mayfield coming in first overall pick. But I, I, I mean, we can all agree on this, right? When we went, when we saw Hugh Jackson during hard knocks, we were all like, Oh, I knew it was over. Oh, it was, was, was done. He was terrible. Yeah. He had no control over that team. You could tell he was trying way too hard. Yep. And it just it was it was gonna blow up in their faces. Now now you gotta wonder how far does does this set Baker Baker Mayfield back a little bit? It's gonna ruin like every other Cleveland quarterback. I wouldn't go to that extreme just yet. I think he's more talented than a lot of ones that they've had. I, I think Couch, yeah, is that, yeah. I, I think I think I think Baker's been pretty good this year. I, I, I would think, agree. I think he's a big time bright spot for them Landry is the real deal um I actually think moving on from Carlos Hyde was a good call from them because I think Nick Chubb is going to be an Nick awesome Chubb's weapon for official. them yes. he's good their first three picks have all been killer man Baker Mayfield Denzel Ward and, and Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb. yeah yep. they they drafted well I, I think Njoku's good I, I think they've yeah, got potential there. their defense Miles Garrett is the real deal yep. he was a great pick mm-hmm. uh Denzel Ward was good um they've got some pieces there they just don't have the leadership and it, that's the thing with NFL coaches. You've got to have two things, right? You've got to have the ability to lead men 
and it's going to be genuine because NFL players will see right through that shit if it's forced. Yep. And you've got to have charisma. And Hugh Jackson had <laughs> zero charisma, judging by hard knocks. No. And it was, I mean, you remember the scene where they're sitting in the meeting and Todd Haley saying, you know, we got guys who are hurt and they're sitting out hurt. They're not getting in there and fighting through anything. We need to get this offense installed. We need to get some work done so that yeah. we can improve. And Hugh Jackson just kind of poo-pooed on his his thought, you know, saying, hey, I'm the head coach. I'm sitting in this chair at the end of the table. We're going to do things my way because that's what I say. What is that? It was like with Landry, too. When Landry was telling you, if you, if you there's a difference between hurt and being injured. Yeah. He was like, that's not how we run things here. Like, that's – that's terrible signs of a leader, you know. It's it's not leadership. No. And, and the thing, I find it funny, they're, they're two years too late in firing Hugh Jackson. Mm. But I do get a kick out of the fact that you don't fire him when he's 1-15. You don't fire him when he's 0-16. And then he's off to a 2-5-1 and start this year with this promising young rookie quarterback. And now you fire him. I think they're a mess. Oh, they're a mess. And they're a mess. This, I saw a report that Jimmy Haslam was against firing Hugh Jackson. He still wanted to hold on. And it was John Dorsey who said, dude, we got to do this to save this team. So props to John Dorsey for actually having the stones to go up against Jimmy Haslam's stupid decision and doing something Terrible about owner. it. Terrible owner. Um, so Jackson's out. Todd Haley's out. Greg Williams is in. Bounty Gate's coming back. Let's We're go. back to ferocious defense. Um, <laughs> He's a psychopath. Yeah. If you want to take a volatile situation and make it worse, just throw Greg Williams in the mix and watch what happens. Uh, yep. How many more games is this team winning this year? Over under two and a half. Uh, additional games or additional games. I'm going to take the under. So you think they finish at four or less? I think they finish. Yeah, I think they finish at four. I think four, eleven, and one sounds right about right. Get them a top five pick. I want to say five, ten, and one, but it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Got to ride that train, man. You were the conductor for so long. <laughs> so- I'm, I'm betting the over. No, it's, it's gonna be a push. Well, Can't push on a hook. <laughs> I could tie again. It's um, <laughs> very true. I, I want to get back to the whole Baker Mayfield thing. You spend all off season, your first off season in the NFL, learning how to be a pro, learning a pro system, how to carry yourself. He's eight games into his career and he's going to have a new offensive coordinator learning a new scheme. I'm going to guess at this point in the year, they're going to have a guy who's going to run the system that they already have. Yes. Not the same way that Haley does. Maybe there's going to be different tweaks, different checks, whatever it may be. Um, But consistency is just so key in getting up and running as an NFL quarterback. You look at the guys like Brady, who have been in the same system forever. Rogers has been in the same system forever. Breeze has been with Sean Payton forever. I mean, and those guys have the physical abilities that are far and away better than almost anybody else who's ever played, right? Fair to say. So they've got, you know, they've got a higher ceiling. They've got a better base to build on. But if you're a rookie and you're coming in, you're trying to be that leader of a team and you don't have leadership to look up to, I think that's really, really hard. And I'll be interested to see how Mayfield comes out of this and if he regresses a little bit or if he takes it and pushes through it and comes out better. I mean, I think he might have that chip on his shoulder to push through it, but I mean, I'm going to look at this like every, has other, a chip. like every other quarterback that's ever come out of wearing the brown uniform. 
I mean, look at the stuff. So, so I know I already said this, but Baker already has a chip. He was a walk-on at Texas Tech who told he wasn't good enough. So he went to Oklahoma, was a walk-on there, won the starting job. I mean, this kid, tough kid. I don't think this is going to ruin him. Neither do I. But in terms of development in the now, this is a terrible decision. Why would you? I can see canning the coach, but also canning the offensive coordinator. It's just dumb. It's it's such a Browns thing to do. Why? Why would you even risk ruining Mayfield? It just doesn't make sense. Don't don't bring don't bring Jackson in. Don't even bring Haley in. Bring in you know should have cleared house. I I think with Hugh Jackson being one in thirty one in the past two years. You have the number one overall pick. You think Baker Mayfield is your guy? You get a coach to pair with that quarterback so that they can grow together. That's yeah. it's common sense. Yes, you get a new GM this year, and I would bet, I, I bet a good amount of money that that's exactly what John Dorsey wanted to do, and Haslam overruled him, and Dorsey finally won that fight with the owner. Yeah, that's how I imagine that this played out. No idea if that's true or not, but that that makes sense to me. Um. So, obviously, the the Browns are going to be looking for a new head coach. Don't know if that's going to be this year or if Greg Williams is going to ride this thing out until uh, we turn to 2019, and then they'll start the search. Bet Online had the odds out of who will be the next full-time head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, A couple of interesting names on this list. The favorite, Sean McVay, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. How? I can't imagine him going anywhere, man. He's living in L.A. He's got the hottest young team in the NFL. They're undefeated. They're a total wagon of a squad. I don't know what Bet Online is getting at with those odds. I think that's ridiculous. I think the names under there make far more sense. Lincoln Riley is the second favorite head coach in Oklahoma. There's the tie to Baker Mayfield like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Taylor, who I had never heard of, is the quarterback's coach of the Rams is the third favorite, and then you start getting into offensive coordinators, assistant head coaches throughout the league. A couple of interesting names on here I thought were Jim Harbaugh, plus 1,200, and Bill Belichick at plus 2,000 to come and coach the Browns next. Uh, I mean, (laughs) as far-fetched that was, because I'm pretty sure he's just going to leave the Pats and then sail off to the sunset and officially retire, I could actually see him, like if he was to coach anywhere else, it would be Cleveland. Go back to where he started. I, if Belichick were to have a leave, it would be for the Giants. I could see the Browns for a couple reasons. And this might be like tinfoil hat conspiracy crap going on. You guys remember there were reports out there that the Pats loved Mayfield in the draft. Yes. And that they had kicked ideas around about getting up into the top one, two, or three to take him. So if Baker was Belichick's guy, the Pats – seem to have made the decision that they're going with Brady over Belichick if that divorce is ever going to happen, right? If they're shipping Jimmy Garoppolo out of town, they're not letting Bill keep his guy of the future, right? Yeah. If Bill wants to keep coaching, he's going to want to be in a place where he can have his guy. If he thinks Baker Mayfield is his guy and he's already there and that team is looking for a coach and he coached in Cleveland previously, those could be all the ties he needs to go in there and get his guy. And have a plethora of great draft picks to work with yep. to start over. He's got and have a good back. nucleus yep. and a good core to work with. Yeah, he's got a running back. He's got a great defense that just needs some leading. 
And he, I mean, his 95 Cleveland Browns went on to win the Super Bowl two years after in the Raven uniforms. He built, yeah, he built that he Raven built side. that team. Ozzie built- Newsom was GM for yeah. the Ravens, and he was Belichick's protege. Yep. So I, I could see it. At plus 2,000 odds, I like those odds for Belichick. Like no, the one flaw in that is you just said it. Jimmy Haslam. Well, yeah, he's an idiot. He's, he's an idiot. So, But Belichick has it good with Kraft. Other than Kraft really stepping on Belichick's toes over Garoppolo, mm-hmm. he kind of lets Bill just be Bill. Yep. I don't know if Jimmy is going to is gonna be able to swallow his pride and let Bill Belichick be Bill Belichick. So that's the other thing, too, with John Dorsey in the mix. Do you think Belichick is going to demand the head coach GM job? Or would he be the head coach under a GM like Dorsey? No, I don't think so. Either. No, no, yeah, so and would, Dorsey's a highly respected guy. Dorsey's made some great moves. I gotta, I gotta give him credit. He's drafted really well. This team is set up for the future. So he was under Harlan in Green Bay when they made the trade to bring Favre in. So he he's got that on his resume. He KC picked too, Mahomes. Right? He picked yep. Mahomes at Kansas City last year, and he picked Mayfield this year. So he's. He's got a good resume of uh, evaluating talent and making those choices, but I'm not sure that Bill would be looking to divide that power up. I think he's going to no, want that. He would want yeah the total package. Um, I still said it best. Think, uh, yeah, uh, can't cook dinner if you don't have say in the groceries, right? <laughs> yep, that's that's awesome. <laughs> um, one more name I wanted to kick out there was uh, Dirk Cotter with Tampa Bay. Uh, they have seriously underperformed the last couple of years. Jameis stinks. Jameis is benched again. We got Fitzmagic version 2.0 in the same season, for God's sake. <laughs> That's pretty sad. Um, <laughs> I saw I saw uh, a tweet. I, I forget who tweeted it this week, but it, it cracked me up. It was uh, – so I think the answer of the uh, Jameis Winston-Marcus Mariota debate is just no. There is yeah. no winner. And who's who's one and who's two out of that? I think Mariota's better than Winston is, but um, – Oh, yeah. I'd buy a long shot. Pre-injury, yeah, it was. It wouldn't even. It wouldn't have even been close. But I, I, we're waiting for that standout performance from Mariota, where he's just going to take his game to the next level and See, win a game for Tennessee. I thought that moment was when he beat Kansas City in the playoffs last year. I thought that would have been his moment. And then he regressed after that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think yeah. we're looking for that to be his taking off point, and he just can't sustain that. True. Uh, but they're a mess. Dirk Cutter, I, I got to imagine, is on the hot seat coming up. They underperformed last year. They they have some talent on defense. They got some weapons to to work with, and Jameis Winston is just doing nothing with them. Um, I mean, Joe McCoy is one of the most underrated defensive linemen because he's just stuck in Tampa. He's, just, he's, he's stuck there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got some players over there. Um, so, anyway. Getting away from coaches being fired. Uh, moving on to week nine. Bunch of teams on a bye week, actually. We've got Arizona, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, New York Giants, and Philadelphia all on buys. Uh, so we only got 26 teams um, active this week. Really only two matchups jumped out to me. There was the undefeated 8-0 LA Rams going into New Orleans to take on the, I believe, 6-1 Saints. That's correct. Uh, and Green Bay at three, three and one, disappointing start going into six and two New England to take on the Pats. Will be the second ever matchup between Brady and Rodgers. Uh, kind of unbelievable that we've all been deprived of uh, um, 
that matchup, I guess, for the entirety of their careers. The three of us are going to be there. Cannot wait Sunday night. Absolutely. So much fun. Next week. Uh, going to be a late one. Going to be a fun one. Uh, what do you say about just diving into this game instead of talking about any other matchups? Yeah, fine with me. No issues. Green Bay's 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. Pats are 6-2. and two. Pats are six-point favorites at home. Uh, tell me why the Pats are going to cover six points. The only way the Pats are going to cover six points is for some reason their defense just gets it. If they are able to get any type of pass rush onto Rodgers and then they just harass him all night long, that's the only way. And the Pats don't have that good of a pass rush. So Green Bay struggles with the pass rush too. Um, Pats just put Eric Rowe on IR today. Yeah, as well. So that's another uh, piece on the back end that's going to be missing from them. Pats play awesome at home. Uh, it's a tough place to play. They play great football in front of that crowd. I don't think they're clicking on all cylinders yet. No. And I think that that fact is a little hidden because they've been scoring a ton of points on teams. They beat the crap out of Miami. Uh, they put a ton of points on, on Kansas City. They let up a lot of points as well. Um, Buffalo needs to apologize for that offense. They trotted out there last night. That was pathetic. I think NFL needs to apologize to everybody for um, that show on Monday night. And then they probably wish they flexed it. Who was it uh, the week before? For, for the Patriots. The Pats? The, it the Bears. The, the Bears. Bears. They, they, that's right. They scored a lot of points on the Bears in Chicago. Not an easy place to play. Uh, but again, they let up 31 points to yeah. Trubisky and the Bears. But in the biggest moment, then don't break. That's what they. That's what they do best. <laughs> the hail mary that's completed and falls one yard short. Yep. Which only the Chicago Bears could complete a hail mary and not score on the same time. I mean, the only way. Well, adding to the only way, but if the Packers can't get going on offense, if for some reason they can't match point for point, yep, with the Pats' offense. Because you know the Pats are going to go down, score touchdowns. You got to score a touchdown because field goals ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's where Green Bay has gotten in trouble the last few games. Is they'll look great for a couple drives, for a quarter, for two quarters, and then they'll go through this rut where they can't move the ball, they can't pick up a third down. If they get into the red zone, they stall and end up kicking a field goal, and they just haven't figured it out yet. And I think their three three and one record reflects that. They're not clicking. Their defense played the best game of the season against LA last week. Uh, and it, again, the stats kind of don't tell the whole story. They gave up 29 points, um, but they were they got pass rush that I didn't know they had. Jair Alexander is an absolute stud at corner. Filthy. He had a filthy game. They haven't had a playmaker like him since Charles Woodson in in their Super Bowl years. Um, I, I mean. He had seven tackles and five pass breakups in one game, and I'm not sure I've ever seen that from a from a Packers defender. Damn. Not any time recently, anyways. They were generating rush with the blitz. Uh, Mike Penton was getting real comp- uh, uh, creative with the the rushes he was dialing up because they don't have they don't have rush coming off the edge, which I don't think is the most effective way to go at Brady because he's so effective at avoiding the guys on the edge and stepping up and finding that lane in the pocket to deliver a ball. But where I think the Packers can get to them is with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels coming up the middle. Right up the middle. Kenny Clark is maybe the best defensive lineman that nobody's ever heard of. 
and that was Mike Daniels two years ago, and now people know his name. Kenny Clark came out of college, came out of UCLA when he was 20 years old. So he's 22 with three years of NFL experience already, and he manhandles people up front. He is an unbelievable force getting to the quarterback. He stops the run. He's playing 80% of Green Bay's defensive snaps as a nose tackle, which he's probably going to burn out. and He's probably going to be exhausted by the end of the year. But I think that's how they do it. They have to get in Brady's face. They have to win up front. And they have to come right at the middle at Brady and not give him those lanes to step up. So going into that, the Pats' offensive line is beat up. Mm-hmm. The, Pat, the Pats did not address their biggest need in the, on the, during the trade deadline. They need a running back. If, Like you just said, if the Packers are going to bring it to the Pats, Pats are at a weak moment right now. This would be the perfect time to strike. I mean, I don't think the Pats' weakest part of that team is running back. They need they, – they well, Michelle's they, playing. With, yeah. When you have Cordero Patterson as your running back, like they had last night, that leaves something to be desired. Yeah, but I mean, if it was any other team but Buffalo last night, Patriots lose that game by a lot of points. Their defense is not a defense that holds teams at six points. No, that's because the Buffalo Bills trot out a high school offense. Um, Derek Anderson, that's why. That's really the reason why. They've, they've struggled with teams that can score. Uh, Chicago's offense can light it up at times. They scored 31. Kansas City scored 40. Um, they had a tough time with Jacksonville. They lost to Detroit, which Green Bay also lost in Detroit. Uh, Detroit's one of those teams that if you catch them on the wrong week, they can light you up. And if you catch them on the right week, they look absolutely terrible. They are the Mississippi State of football. <laughs> Mississippi State is either in the top 25, and the next week they're out of the top 25. Um, man, I, I'm just, I'm so excited for this game. The only thing that makes me nervous, which I can totally see playing out, is the Packers will be close all game. Rodgers will go point for point with Brady. The def- both defenses will have trouble stopping people, and then something stupid will happen, <laughs> and the Packers will blow the game for themselves. At least Ty Montgomery won't be there. Ty Montgomery won't be there to or, fumble it away. Um, <clears throat> Mason Crosby ain't gonna make miss five field goals. Brandon Bostic ain't gonna fumble an onside kick. I was gonna kick. say Brandon Bostic's not there. <laughs> but something something always happens with these teams. Last time the Packers were here, and it was Matt Flynn. It was um, Dan Connolly. Dan Connolly <laughs> returning a kickoff sixty yards into the red zone, and then Aaron Hernandez scored like two plays later. Or it was Matt Flynn throwing a pick six. Um, it was a cornerback. I can't remember who it was. Threw a pick six on a drive that they started inside their own twenty. Uh, after a couple good drives, they have pick six, boom, Patriots got seven points the other way. Um, and it's killing me that I can't remember who that was. But the the Packers were in that game in 2010. They, they had the ball last. Matt Flynn got sacked and fumbled on the last play of the game. They had a shot at the end zone. Uh, this team might not be as good as that 2010 team. Obviously, they went on to the Super Bowl and won it that year. Kyle Arrington. Kyle Arrington, yep. pick six. Um, but they got Rodgers this time, and I didn't curse him this time. <laughs> I almost did. Granted, we got a whole week of practice and a plane ride to get to before this game. So, <laughs> fingers crossed, knock on wood, close the garlic, whatever you need to stop that jinx. Um, but it, this is just me being a fan. I am so giddy that I get to go watch him for the first time in eight years. I've been to a, a bunch of Packer games. I've been to five, and I've seen Rodgers play once. And I'm so pumped to actually get to see him play on Sunday and to be there with a bunch of friends. Not that we're all sitting together, but we're going to be right, tailgating right. and hanging yeah, out right. and all that stuff. 
I'm so jacked for this game. I can't wait. Uh, we'll be busting balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been to three Packers games, and I've had uh, two. This will be my third, and I've had the likes of watching Seneca Wallace, Scott Colzine, and Matt Flynn. Yep. Seneca Wallace. Yep. Wow. Yep. Pride of Iowa State. Yep. So I, I haven't told this story on our podcast yet. I've been to five games. My parents took me to my first Packers game in Lambeau in 2003. It was Columbus Day weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I saw Favre, which yep. was awesome. Favre, Amon Green, Javon Walker, those guys. Bubba Franks, sick. Ah, uh, That was before Javon Walker, actually, my bad. But that was Trent Green. It was Priest Holmes. It was uh, Dante Hall, uh, Tony Gonzalez. It was awesome. Filthy. It, it was so much fun to be there. So I saw Favre. And then 2010, um, the Packers came here the year they won the Super Bowl. Rodgers got a concussion in Detroit the week before the Patriots game. So Matt Flynn came in, played really, really well. Like we said, they had a yeah. chance to win, uh, but didn't. 2012, I went with a buddy of mine to see the Packers play in Chicago. And I saw Rodgers play against Jay Cutler, our boy. Cutty don't care. Uh, smoking Jay. Smoking Jay. 21 to 13 win. Packers won the NFC North that game. We saw it in December. So that was a, that was a blast. Um, 2013, I get on a plane with you yeah. and two other buddies. We go out to Lambeau and see him play the Eagles and Nick Foles with the Eagles. Big Dick Dick. Rodgers breaks his collarbone the week before we go out to Green Bay. Yeah. So Seneca Wallace starts the game, proud of Iowa State. Gets hurt two drives in. Scott Tolzien comes in and leads them oh. to a disastrous loss, 27-13, to 13, as I recall very clearly. Um, and then last year, I go with my wife to Lambeau to see them play the Ravens, and Rodgers breaks his collarbone two weeks after I buy tickets to the game. So I get to see Brett Hundley get shut out at home and turn the ball over five times to the Baltimore Ravens. So I've gone through all of that <laughs> to see Rodgers one more time. And that's coming Sunday, and I cannot wait. Fun fact, Siege. Yes. Me and him are at the same at Packers game. And we didn't know each other. We did not know each other. Interesting. Yep. It was fate. It was meant to be. Yep. It was meant to be. Yeah. Um... So I'm taking the Packers. The Packers are going to win. I don't know how. <laughs> They're going to. Six points is a joke. Packers should be favored by 35. Um, write that on the board. <laughs> uh, you, you don't have to write that one on the board. Um, I like the Packers. I think Rodgers is going to come out playing great. And I think their Packers are going to win because this means more to them than it does the Pats. Probably. It's non-conference. A loss here to the Pats doesn't do too much for them. But a loss to the Packers, Be their season's in dire straits. Yeah. At 3-4-1. and one, They've got a little bit of help in the sense that Minnesota and Chicago can't figure it out while Green Bay is tripping over themselves and, and puking up on themselves. They're not separating. Um, and you don't want to let a team with Aaron Rodgers hang around in right. the standings. Right. Because he no. will make a run eventually if, if you because don't. Because then they'll hashtag run the table. They've done it before a couple times. Um CJ throwing the belt on, I like That's it. That's right. So, anyways, um, we got Packers are six point dogs at uh, at Gillette this week. I'm being facetious. I'm not sure I like that enough to take it. That is a lot of points given the Packers. Um, but my lock of the week, take it with a grain of salt if you want, because I was wrong last week. I did not get the over. Minnesota Ooh. and New Orleans. Uh, Thanks for costing our fans money. I believe I said on the show that the over-under was 53 and a half, which I was locking. 
I actually got it lower than that at 52, and I still lost, and that's karma for not taking it right there on the show, like I did with Washington two weeks ago. So uh, I am 0-1 with my formal mortal locks. I'm going to bounce back and get a win this week. My lock is Houston getting one point at Denver. Uh, Just traded for Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas coming back into Denver wow. to play his former team. The ultimate <laughs> so he doesn't revenge even game. have to move. He doesn't even have to get on the play. <laughs> he, he just sits there. Ultimate revenge game. I think Denver stinks. I think Case Keenum stinks. I like Hashtag Case Keenum. I like Houston getting one point. Uh, Houston wins outright in Denver. Um, hmm. Don't point at me. I'm going to point at you all I want just because I can my lock of the week. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go college here again. I um I pushed last week, so I didn't lose, didn't win. So you still got money to play with. Then. Still got money to play. Give me West Virginia getting two at Texas. Like I said, Texas is on the decline. I have been anti-Texas all season. The one time I'm pro Texas, they friggin' lose. Ah, country roads, take me home. Let's go, West Virginia. Two I units. It. I love it. Two units on West Virginia. He's got. Wow. Hit me. All right. Give me so your winner. I went Washington State plus three, in which at home the day of the game I went Washington money line as well. So I went two units on Washington plus three, and then another unit on Washington money line. So I'm up three units. Bingo. This I was gonna. I was looking at. Rams Saints because Rams are getting two and a half points, which I think is thievery. Thievery. But I'm going to come at you with this fact. Lay it on us. So, uh, where am I? Took notes before the show. I did. Only one other time has a top four team has been a double digit underdog on its home turf. On its home. That was in 2013. I like it. Number four, Auburn hosted Alabama, and Alabama was favored by 10 and a half points. I and you remember that I game. I seem to remember being in Hard Rock Cafe. That was the kick six game where Auburn ran the kick back, the last minute field goal, and won the game. I believe, we won, I believe we won a ton of money at the Crafts. We table won a night. ton of money because it's all linking together. LSU. See how everything's connected uh, here. Yeah, He's a 14-and-a-half-point uh, underdog in this one. I like it. I'm putting two units on LSU plus 14-and-a-half, and I'm going another two units because I got units to spare on LSU flat-out money line. Why wouldn't you just go all of it on money line? Well, because I'm going to win. You You're hedging your bets. You're yeah. smart. I like it. All right, so but we that got That doesn't show confidence, yeah. man. I... It's more. This is the mortal lock of the week. All right, I'll you gotta stand all, by it, man. Stand by it. Show us your plums. Four units money line LSU. That's bold. Peer pressure, and I love it. Let's go. That's bold. All right, uh, guys. One more thing. We didn't touch on the trade deadline too much. Uh, Demarius Thomas getting traded from Denver to Houston. Golden Tate being traded from Detroit to Philadelphia. Love it. Ty Montgomery being traded from the Packers to the Ravens. Dante Fowler being traded from the Jaguars to the Rams. Haha ha Clinton Dix being traded uh-huh. from the Packers to the Redskins. Which one of those guys makes the biggest impact for the rest of the year? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say Golden Tate. I was, yeah, I was about to say Golden Tate. I think Jordan Matthews has played well. Aguilar has played well. Is is uh, Jeffrey back? Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's back. back. Jeffrey's back. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but 
Philly's struggling, man. I I didn't think they were going to be Jacksonville last week. Jacksonville's just that bad. But Philly, Philly needs all the help they can get. If they get that offense rolling again, they're going to run away with the East. Yeah, I think Fowler's already walking into an already stud defense, so it's he's just going to be there as a as a factor. He's not really going to propel them into better defense than they already are. Demarius Thomas is, doesn't look like the old Demarius Thomas. And I just, the Green Bay only got back picks. And I mean, you can only do so much by adding one player in the backfield with uh, Clinton Dix. And then Ty Montgomery just got shipped off to Baltimore, which they already have two running backs. For a ham sandwich, too. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 27th round pick. That's yeah. Baltimore. Wow, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Ooh. I'm uh, I'm actually going with Demarius Thomas. I think uh, losing Will Fuller, hashtag go Irish, was a big loss for them. They're looking for that second boundary receiver to pair with Hopkins, um, and I think a change of scenery is going to do is going to do uh, good things for Demarius. I think he was a stud up until that Super Bowl with Seattle, and there was one play in that Super Bowl where he got lit up, I believe, by Earl Thomas, but that could be totally wrong. Um, and he was never the same after that. And after that, Peyton Manning lost all his arm strength. He went noodle arm Peyton on us. And then he had Brock Osweiler. He had Trevor Semyon. He had Case Keenum. And then getting in there with Deshaun Watson and that offense with Bill O'Brien, I think we're going to see career rebirth for Demarius Thomas. Wow. I like it. Oh, I like it a lot. So we'll, uh, we'll do our best to bring some content to you guys on Sunday with all of us being at the Pats game. Um, going to be a blast. If you want to check that out, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, uh, at BTW underscore the hashes for all of those, uh, send us some questions, send us some comments, make fun of us, tell us we're stupid. Give us your mortal locks. We'll tell you why you're wrong. Um, and tune in, listen, check us out for the game. We're going to have some good stuff. Uh, hopefully to share with you guys. Who knows? We might even go live. We might go live. I'm not going to say we will cause we might not, but we also might. Uh, any final words for you guys before we head off? I think we're going to go live. James thinks we're going live. We're going live. <laughs> we're going live. <laughs> go we'll Irish. see you guys next week. Go Pack Go. Go Blue.